0: I'm with Dave Mega today. Dave, everybody knows you. Everybody knows you from all sorts of reasons, working in the co-op and the MFest you do, and you're
1: always around.
0: Dave, have you always lived in this area?
1: No, I was born in Cornwall, and at the age of one and a half we moved up to Froome and my dad was a farm manager and he took a job in Whitton Friary on the other side of Froom. Oh right Cornwall and oh, no, that's a lovely part of the country in fact
0: we all go there for holidays if we can in fact I've just rediscovered it during lockdown we went to a place called Mullen Cove anywhere near there did you
1: live? Yeah very very close to Mullen Cove born in a farmhouse called B'Neifan Farmhouse which is near Curie which is also uh, it's near Mullerian Cove, which is, again, near Helston. So it was on the Lizard. It's basically where I was born, and I absolutely love the Lizard and often go back.
0: Yeah, uh, you, you've just answered the question there. I was going to say, you must go back there quite frequently and probably got relatives there.
1: Yeah, my brother lives near Lou, and my grandparents, when they were with us, Newquay and uh, Millbrook, which is just inside Cornwall. But I've got other relatives still down in that neck of the woods. Yeah.
0: So you moved from, but you must have been, you said how old, about a year
1: Year and a half, 1971.
0: can work out your age from that.
1: (laughs) We we won't.
0: So there was a reason for moving, or you perhaps don't know, it's not in your control, but there obviously was a reason for moving from Cornwall.
1: Yeah, Dad was a farm manager. He took a job in 1971 at a place called Whitton as a farm manager. And actually, as Christians themselves, he felt very led that that that's what God wanted them to do. So Froom, that's, that's another nice area.
0: Quite like Froom, actually. Um, it's still got a railway station, which keeps it a prosperous town, I think. So farm manager, so that must mean that you must have got involved in the farm, but when you got a little bit older.
1: Yep. So again, 1980, dad moved again. Felt very led by God to take this job at Hardington on the co-op farm, and it was then that's when I used to do odd jobs around the farm, just helping out bits and pieces. In particular, bagging out cow cake
0: that sounds very glamorous and um, i've got a f- sneaky suspicion that doesn't smell too good cow cake
1: what does smell good on a farm let's face it <laughs> yeah so i used to bag cow food up and put it in a sort of fertilizer bag weigh it and then put it to one side and it was used to feed the cows and i got 10 pence a bag for doing that so 10 pence a bag so how many thousands of
0: bags did you do
1: many i used to when i was gonna know i was gonna go on holiday i would particularly go and bag even more i'd just work through the parlors as quick as i until i ran out of bags basically so obviously you might
0: have built up some other skills driving tractors and other clever stuff
1: yeah i did learn to drive the tractor i used to do various bits and pieces around the farm of course about the age 13 14 it didn't matter then you could do that health and safety wasn't as big as it is nowadays
0: yeah life was more fun for um, youngsters then I remember that yeah those areas. I'm a little bit older than you but I still remember when things were easier so you you did that but did technology overtake you when it came to the farm and did you move on from that
1: yeah I did so that job got taken away because it went bulk and my dad had a, 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 a just a jovial chat with his boss and he said, how's the bulk feed going? He said, it's going really well. However, David's lost you know a bit of work on the farm. And with that, he said, well, does he fancy doing a Saturday morning job in the co-op store in Radstock? So that's when it all started in the co-op at the age of, I think it was 15, 14 or 15, I went and worked in the co-op store.
0: Well, wow. and I know you still work for the co-op as well, so you're really a, long, a long-serving employee. In the background to all that, your church connections in Froome, just explain to the listeners a little bit about growing up in that area and, and going to church there.
1: So we went to Froome Wesley Methodist Church from the time we moved up to Somerset. I carried on going there till I was in my mid-30s, but I used to to go and help with the Sunday school well I say that I was in my teen years being one of five we we're all you can put it this way dragged or went uh to to the church on a Sunday morning mum and dad were very involved dad in particular did a lot of work with the Sunday school and youth and all the rest of it I suppose a little bit of me followed him in that sort of ilk
0: so the Methodist Church said, do they do yearly camps? Did you go away on anything there with the church?
1: Yeah, we did various camps, weekends away and other events. And in particular, was, the youth club was a, was a, a big st- a big part of my life. On a Friday night, we'd go into, into Froome and have a youth club. And my brother used to help run the disco. There was people in my youth club leader, in particular, a lady called Jill Warren, who was a big influence on my life. And mm-hmm. um, so sort of encouraged me into running a youth club myself at the age of 19. And then... From there, I used to take the kids away to London to Methodist Association Youth Club weekends, which we did six or seven times, I think, in the 90s in particular. And that was amazing fun. Went to the Royal Albert Hall and other venues. And it was great because we took a lot of youngsters who were non-Christians and just gave them a sort of, I suppose, an opening to church without being pressurised. And it was it was fun. And running the youth club was fun. It wasn't all about pushing the Bible down their throat. It was It was an open sort of invitation to come along and enjoy.
0: Prior to you being a youth leader, being a teenager, I suspect you were up to a bit of mischief sometimes.
1: Yeah, Mum said I was the most mischievous in the family. I got that sort of name as as a little rogue. And living on a farm, you could do all sorts and run around and mess around. And uh, I think my sister used to say I used to bully her and other things. And Yeah, I was a mischievous child who got into probably a lot of things I shouldn't have done. Uh,
0: Does anything come to mind that um, uh, that you want to forget about? (laughs)
1: How about putting a spider under the toilet door when my brother was in it, who's actually petrified of spiders?
0: Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I like that, yeah. Um, anything strange might have happened on the farm, you know, like Prince Charles landing in a helicopter or anything like that?
1: No, not I can remember. I can tell you a story about playing cricket in the garden when we were, um, my brother and a few of our others were out there and we had the lodger, he was out there and they bowled the cricket ball, hit mum's shrub tub I flew through the air and hit the double glazed window which sounded like a gun had gone off and dad was sat in his chair having his afternoon nap so <laughs> so we're good at things like that we put the cricket ball for the other for the church window that was just outside the uh, the house there was a, a, a redundant church there which I used to actually um, cut the grass and look after the grounds as part of one of my jobs as well but yeah uh, probably got myself in a few things I shouldn't have done yeah, yeah,
0: Well, that's all good experience for being a youth leader. So when you came to be a youth leader, um, you knew who to keep an eye on.
1: Yeah, that's right. And you also learn you, you learn who to look after or who to look out for and who, who needs perhaps more attention than others. And that is really important to, uh, as a as youth, youth worker, youth leader, yeah. And doing the Sunday school for mid-teens and taking on the youth club in my latter teens was massive to me. I did that for 11 and a half years. I ran the youth club at the Methodist Church. To see so many youngsters um, have an opportunity to get to know God, to get to know people of their own age group, have fun, uh, go off and have weekends together, I just get a snippet of what being a christian is about as a christian it was important to to set set a good example as you say being a mischief myself it, it sometimes made it a bit easier in a way <laughs> so. yeah
0: yeah so dave you've got a lot of experience there a lot of skills as well because um handling kids can be difficult sometimes as you quite rightly say they're, they're all different and you need to understand where they're coming from so you're clearly involved in a big way also at uh, Midsummer Norton with the, uh, the youth and the kids. So just explain to the listeners the sort of things that you get up to here.
1: Yeah, so well, now, now I'm at Welton Baptist Church. Um, I'm involved with the Voltage group. So that's a Wednesday night. Meet with the, I'm trying to think of the age group now, but Voltage is I think it's 11 to 14. We Wednesday night is a bit of a fun night. You know, games and fun activities depend on the time of year. Uh, so again, that's engaged with the young people and just being there for them and giving them an opportunity to to have fun and also socially for them, they can meet people their own age and then on Sundays, I help with the voltage group again it's not every Sunday, but some Sundays I lead some Sundays I go out and help and again that's 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 fantastic but that's that's having a more biblical approach to it and looking at the bible and relating that to their sort of day-to-day lives really
0: also your involvement in Enfest I know the last couple of years been a bit tricky with Covid but you're heavily involved in Enfest with your routines of warming everybody up
1: yeah I am Enfest got involved probably seven eight nine years ago I'm not sure exactly and again it's a massive week for young people and to be asked to help with that is sort of a privilege, and it's one of those things that goes in my work diary very quick. When I know MFest Fest is on, I book that week is a week's holiday. That's really important, and so we can be a bit mad and a bit zany. And people see us in a bit, perhaps in a bit of a different ilk. And being asked to do Disco Dave, Dancing Dave, is fun. Probably goes into sort of my sporting life, etc. I love love a bit of, bit of movement, a bit of messing around, and having fun, basically. So with your
0: involvement with the youth during the week, uh, this chapel project is going to open up some new possibilities. I assume you're quite excited about this new project.
1: Yeah, I think it's fantastic because if we can get that off the ground and you know have a, the chapel in a fantastic place for the local community, that's so opens up even more because you think how many youngsters are close to the building and those opportunities we can have having our groups in there it's going to be it's going to be huge so that that's that's exciting times
0: i'm sure those like yourself leading the youth i've got your thinking caps on for new sorts of exciting things and
1: but i'm sure as time progresses and we we start sort of putting programs together we'll have new ideas and ventures to take take that forward very much and
0: i, I think that probably the key is that you're as you've rightly said that there's a lot of uh catchment area there's a lot of youth out there that perhaps don't come to church anyway um, but would come to uh, events and things that you're putting on there and the environment the comfortable environment would make a big difference I'm sure.
1: Very much and then you know you look at Enfest as an example how many young people we get come to Enfest um, because there's an excitement there and then Enfest it builds on that because it doesn't just involve the young people it involves the, the adults the parents and you know those sort of events can just pull people in from all over the place basically and that's important because of you know ultimately as christians we want people to come to know jesus really don't we you're busy man i'm
0: surprised you find time to go to work and (laughs) we all have spotted the co-op being pulled down in, in madstock so that's probably put you in a bit of a funny spot
1: thankfully not because i'm still in the offices Uh, across the road from it in fact it's been exciting times seeing the building come down I know everybody doesn't feel like that there's a lot of memories there and even for myself but my office is based across the road but generally I'm out on the road I look after 10 shops in the area from Trowbridge Warminster down the other way Bridgewater Highbridge Street Glastonbury Colford so I'm out on the road a lot of the time as an area manager my role is there to support and sort of nurture the staff and make sure they're doing the job right
0: Now, that is probably an opportunity with your Christian faith, even if it's just showing who you are rather than trying to convert anybody. Do you get opportunities to talk to people?
1: Yeah. Over the years, there's been often opportunities. They know I'm a Christian and I don't hold back from that. I don't ram it down the throat because that's not my style and also... In the work environment you do have to be careful what what you're doing and what you're saying but when an opportunity comes if someone just asks me a question about what did you do sunday or you know why are you a christian i, I will happily open up and quite often that things have happened over the years where people ask me questions and they almost i think they they flipped and said oh this is an opportunity to sky with dave we're going to talk to him about his his, his background with the church so yeah it's, it's good and I I'll, I'll be open and honest about my faith so would you call yourself a people person very much very much a people person my bosses have always said I've always had a great rapport with people that's always been one of my strengths I've been told so that's nice to hear because yeah I think life is very much about people and as a Christian you've got to be a people person I think I think it's a big skill set because
0: you've been in the cult for such a long time probably there's nobody there that can remember you not being there
1: Yeah, and I think most of them have heard my story from a farm farm worker all the way through to Saturday Boy to store managers in various places. And it's a good story to tell as well. And yeah, I think most of them... I've got a good idea who I am, although we are expanding. So some people don't know I am, you know, in in some of the other the other stores.
0: And hopefully the retail section of the car is doing all right. I know they had a bit of a blip with their banking system once, but but the retail side, hopefully you've got a, a secure job.
1: No job is secure, Malcolm. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is. It, it's tough times. I, I'm probably going through probably the hardest time I've ever done in retail because of the way life is. Life is tough out there. Everything's costing more money and distribution costs, etc., going up. So we're finding it hard, but we've got to manage that. But it is up in the ante. And I must admit, and my house group certainly know this, that I'm finding things tough at times. And and having to manage people and be a little bit harder than perhaps Dave Mega's style is, has been a challenge. But God puts us in places for a reason. And I think the style of manager he wants me to be is to be kind and, you know, put my arm around people in that sort of fashion, which isn't always easy. And there's been some tough decisions to make over the last two years in particular. But the CULP's always come across as a,
0: a friendly sort of organisation, obviously from its roots. Uh, and hopefully that still exists.
1: Very much, very much an ethical firm. And Radstock are an ethical firm. And that's sort of what has always helped me with being in that environment. I mean, I did dip out for a bit. I went and worked for Lidl's for a year, which actually was totally the opposite. <laughs> of, But it learnt me quite a few things going there. But ethically, Radstock are really good. They do look after their people. They might not all agree with that. But when you look at some of the big guns, as you say, there's a big difference to how people operate. Uh, Dave, um, interests.
0: Now, I understand sport is plays a big part in your life and also music. You used to be a DJ by all accounts.
1: Yeah, so in my late teens and in my 20s, when I ran the youth club, my, my brother had the disco and when he went off to university, I took the disco on. So I'd take it to the youth club every week and did the disco, but also did like local weddings and family parties and things. If I was asked to do it, I would I would do, do some DJing. So, yeah, rather a large vinyl record collection in the loft
0: that's a nice little learner as well earning a little extra pocket money
1: it was then but i suppose it was more of a hobby than a money earner yeah. because of it was the music i just love love all various musics um yeah
0: do you, do you actually play an instrument
1: yes i do play the guitar to a fashion but i, I haven't picked the guitar for over a year but i, I can play occasionally yeah cool
0: as far as music's is concerned, you, you must have covered the whole genre of uh, bands and types. But have you got some favourites?
1: Yeah, you're right. I covered everything. But some of my faves are Brian Adams, The Cause, uh, Deacon Blue, Level 42, Frankie Valli and the Seasons, believe it or not. And I've been lucky enough to see all of those in concert at some stage, which is one of mine and Leslie's loves. We do love a good concert very much
0: and sport is another passion of yours i think you've got a whole list of sports that you you enjoy playing or have played just tell the listeners what they are
1: football from a young age uh, i liked a bit of cricket but couldn't do much of that because of work badminton squash badminton in particular was, uh, i played tons and tons of badminton for years and played in the badminton league in frome and a social club in frome and i still play now with my wife and my daughter and her boyfriend once a week even though the hip doesn't like it, but yeah, sport mad,
0: yes. That's probably why you're wearing your bones out a bit.
1: Yeah, because I also did a lot of marathon running back in the day. Yeah, I ran the London Marathon four times and the New York Marathon once and, I don't know, 15, 20 half marathons, and that was when I first realised I had a problem with my hips. You've
0: done the New York Marathon. That must have been exciting. Anything the listeners might like to hear about that?
1: my hardest marathon my brother had the mad idea let's do two marathons in one year so in 2004 I, I think it was we did the london i did it in a personal best of three hours 19 so i thought let's go and do the new York with my brother and see what i can do but this was the hardest one everything about the day just didn't pan out with going on a coach and getting no breakfast and it was the hardest marathon still didn't just over four hours but It dented my pride is probably a good way of putting it. But I still did it. Still did it.
0: You definitely are a sports person. I can say you you don't give up on things. I understand you might have done something like bungee jumping and also some form of hang gliding. Just tell the listeners a bit about, first of all, the bungee jumping.
1: Yeah. So my wife obviously has a passion of giving me really random (laughs) presents. So the bungee jump uh she bought me a bungee jump to basically that was in bristol docks so you go up in a little crane you then overhang the docks and literally right go and you just literally would jump off and spring around and before you know it's over but that was quite a weird sensation yeah but they must do a lot of prep before they just sort of say go
0: you know obviously you're strapped in but they must do sizing and all sorts i don't know what they would do
1: Believe it or not, they don't do masses. No, they don't. And you're sat there waiting. And the person in front of me obviously didn't want to jump because they were up for ages. And they told me, when you get up there, just when we say jump, jump. So I took that advice. It was a weird sensation. Yeah. Yeah.
0: How many times you bounce up and down? I mean, you're probably thinking, I hope this this ends now.
1: Yeah, it's probably three or four. It's probably not masses. It's one of those experiences that is very, very quick. You know, you're up, you jump. You bounce around, and that is it. I have, it, it was filmed. <laughs> my son-in-law, stepson-in-law, he, he filmed it. We'll
0: have to get that on the website, I think. This <laughs> film, you bump, bump, jump, bungee jumping. Um, you don't touch the waters. You didn't get that close to the water.
1: No, not close enough to the water. No. No, it's probably one of my weaker ones, swimming. No,
0: <laughs> I understand you were flying around over the Cheddar Gorge in a, a machine driven by an elastic band. Just explain to the listeners about that.
1: Yeah, another another birthday present from my wife, believe it or not. So I don't know what she's trying to do. So over Cheddar Gorge, they've got these like gliders, lightweight gliders, that basically is, is propelled into the sky by a giant elastic band. And then you literally are sat like a bird gliding in midair, which is actually a phenomenally amazing experience. Looking out over, it was Cheddar Gorge, was absolutely sensational. Really good experience.
0: Is that on your own or with a pilot? <laughs>
1: with a pilot <laughs> i don't think they'd send me up on my own probably never come back down properly
0: oh what a relief mind you 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 seem very fearless and all the things you do it wouldn't have surprised me if you had to do it on your own so did you enjoy that
1: yeah i did i do. there is there is an element of i'll have a go at most things yeah. yeah
0: very much yeah there's no stopping you uh dave there's so many things that you've been up to
1: how about hot air ballooning? Yeah, you've touched on another one. And yeah, guess who bought it for my birthday? <laughs> yeah, I've been up in a hot air balloon um, again about 10 years ago, and that was over Bath. Lovely experience. Probably a day, didn't quite have enough wind, so we didn't go as far as I was hoping. But on this occasion, I took my wife, who was actually hates heights, but she said at least she's in a basket. So, yeah, we did that together, and that was another good experience. Yeah. So
0: it's very peaceful, isn't it, I think, up in a balloon?
1: exceptionally peaceful yeah it's really i don't know sort of that sort of presence of stillness and um quietness and sort of that moment you can sort of look around and think yeah, God created all this. It's it's a good experience of looking down on things. Cornwall's
0: a nice countryside, but it's a nice countryside around
1: here. Do you go for walks? Yeah, I don't do so much walking now because of my hip. One of the things I love to do when I used to run, that was my time to go off for an hour, go off for two hours and the closest I probably ever was to God was when I used to go off a run on my own and that was me having a chat with God. And I I gotta be honest, that, that I do miss. Do walk do do a bit of walking with my wife, but probably until my hip is replaced that won't happen too much but I do love the countryside that's that's part of growing up in the countryside.
0: Tell us a little bit more about your days when you were playing football.
1: Yep. so um, in my 20s I played football for Welton Baptist Church and that was when I first got to know people like Paul Evans, Terry Russell, um, Matt Coombs, so I was seen as the overseas player, being a Methodist. <laughs> it was called David Miegor. Yeah, that was great for three or four years. Played for Welton Baptist Church, and again, that's a, you're out there in front of other people, being a, a witness in a sporting environment. And thankfully, we we won the league one year, which was which is is great. And that that was my first association with Welton Baptist Church, and it was from then onwards is is why I then ended up coming to Welton Baptist Church uh, in my 30s. Took a punt. Prayed a lot from, I was quite stale at the Methodist Church, uh, felt I wasn't getting enough back uh, from God. I was doing a lot of work with the young people and and I prayed to God and said, look, you know, what's next? And felt very led to try Welton Baptist Church. Took my two children from my first marriage along with me and said, look, we'll go for a few weeks. If you don't like it, we won't go anymore. We'll just go. And they loved it. We settled in and and that's where I've been, been since in the associations there.
0: Dave, it's been really interesting and great to talk to you today. I'd just like to thank you for your time uh, keep up the good work.
1: That's not a problem. I've, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. It's been fun talking. You've, you've jogged memories for me, so thank you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> great. Thanks, Dave.